I, I saw, I think it was, I don't know if it was on Twitter or on your newsletter that you were going to be on here at 1130. So I thought I'd yeah, hop on it. I, I haven't, I haven't, go ahead. I haven't met you yet. I've met, I know a lot of the people that, that you follow and that follow you. And I've, oh, talked, I've been talking with a lot of people in the no code space. So I thought I'd hop on here and see what was going yeah, on today. That's awesome. You know, it's fascinating. So I've been like super quiet online for the last three weeks since everything started. Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to give the impression that something was wrong, right? We've all got to take care of the things that are important to us. And for me, you know, family, clients, myself, just mm -hmm. kind of figuring things out and listening a lot. And then last week was my busiest week ever. Wow. And I was on so many phone calls and I was learning things and I was sharing things. And, and so over the weekend, I was like, let me, let me, do something like this. I've never done anything like this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let me just share a lot of what, what I'm hearing. Yeah. Cause I think it's a, it's an interesting time. Answer some questions and, and let's, let's just see, right? Like yeah. there's just so much opportunity out there. And with the folks that you and I might know mutually on, on uh, Twitter, mm -hmm. I've just been having a lot of deep dialogue with, with those guys as well. And yep. so, um, Tell me, before we jump in though, like tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? Yeah, so I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I have my own, my own business that is focused entirely on Ikea products. So basically everything that you don't want to do yourself with Ikea, uh, we take care of for you. So whether it's going to pick up the stuff from the store, transporting it, assembling it, help with design, that sort of thing. So that's that's my thing. So I'm kind of, I'm shut down right now, which is unfortunate because all their stores are shut down but just kind of diving a little bit more into the no code I, i've gotten into that over the last three or four months and oh I'm, um, so, I'm so excited to hear your journey and how you got into that how are you yeah you're, you're holding up all right you're good yeah yeah i mean it's just trying to trying to figure it out and you know there's there's uh, a number of resources that are becoming available for business owners right now right. you know through the stimulus package and so looking into all that but it's, you know, it's a difficult time. There's not, uh, send you know. me, send me an email like now or afterwards. And yeah. I've got a few resources that have come through to me and I'm happy to send, you may already know about them, but you may not. Sure. And so I'll send, I'll send whatever I've got. I haven't dug through it pretty deeply, but some of it okay. is pretty like people have been assembling and compiling things. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think that's an, especially if you're going through it, I think that's an awesome place to leverage no code is mm -hmm. to like aggregate all of these resources and yeah. just make it, put it out there for, for the community. I think that'd be great. We got some other people to join in. Dustin, you there? Yeah. Can you hear us, Dustin? And then G, G Carr, you there? Okay, Dustin's on mute. Sometimes, um, I just started using uh, Zoom within the last couple months and I found that depending on what device you're using it on, you know, it can be a little difficult to figure out the audio. Yeah, someone someone was mentioning that to me yesterday. I was trying to do something on Microsoft Teams. Mm -hmm. It was not so easy. And they were like, well, Zoom has the issues too. I have not had those issues with Zoom just yet, but I would mm -hmm. imagine that some of these challenges exist there as well. Sure. And I think we're gonna have people join. So let's, let's just, Shane, you there? I'm just going to send you, I'm going to send you a DM on uh, Twitter with my email address. Yeah, go for it. No worries. 
I think you can respond to that, that newsletter I sent out. You can actually respond to that. People have oh, been, perfect. Yeah, people have been fascinated. They're like, I've never been able to respond to a newsletter. I'm like, <laughs> I'm back here. I'm here. I'm answering questions. Uh, Shane, can you hear us? We can't hear you. All right, so let's let let's jump in, James. I want to kind of just start, and you know, if it's just you and I, I don't I don't really it doesn't bother me. I think that's yeah. good for us. Why don't Why don't we start with questions? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, this is Shane. Oh, hey, hey Shane. What's going on? We're doing well. How are you? You look great. I'm good. Your Your camera is like in HD clarity. I love it. Yeah, I do a lot of training. That's why. <laughs> What's going on? How is everyone? We're good. We're good. We were just good. some background. James from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. James Shane's from outside of Toronto, Ontario. Nice. We actually know one another pretty well. Good to see you, Shane. Great. Hey there, Vic. Where, where are you from, Vic? Hey, James. Hey, I'm in Atlanta right now. I just okay. recently relocated to Atlanta. It's like three months ago, so I don't really know the area very well. But I've made I made some friends in the area. A hundred percent of my business is virtual, and so it okay. didn't really have like a dramatic impact on like how I work, but mm -hmm. yeah, out in Atlanta. Nice. Well, you got, speaking of no code, you got a, a awesome community down there of people. You got yeah. Michael, Michael and Drew and Edmund, I think is down there. So Michael lives like 20 minutes from me. We've had lunch. I've actually met him. Awesome. Drew, Drew and I have not met face to face, but we've chatted and, you know, we hang out from time to time. Edmund and I have had some calls as well. So yeah, getting to know those guys. But let's, let's jump in. I wanted to just make sure I was available for some questions first. And I didn't know if you had any for me off the top of your head, James, but happy to answer any questions that you might have. Well, as you were saying before, you said last week was uh, one of the busiest weeks that you've, you've had. Talk a little bit about that, you know, about what, I guess, talk a little bit about what, I'm not exactly sure what it is that you, what you do. Okay. Um, let me so give you a little in, bit of context and happy yeah. to kind of jump in um, and feel free to interrupt me. So my, my, my job for the last three years has been as an independent consultant for CEOs of technology companies. And so oftentimes, just to give a little bit of context, these companies have raised venture capital. Venture capital applies some pressure in terms of what they require on a return, which means that these companies naturally have to grow very quickly. But you don't want to grow so quickly that it ends up being growth at all costs. So how do you actually help them grow with healthy revenue and profitability if that's what they're looking for. And so that, that's what I do. A lot of the calls last week were you know, from CEOs and investors about, given what's happened, what should we go do? And I would say I would bucket these folks into three different categories. You've got the CEO that's panicking and they are making decisions at rapid speed. You've got the CEO that hasn't really it hasn't hit them just yet what's going on. And right now it's business as usual. Likely they're fairly early stage, so they're not having as many conversations. And then you've got these CEOs that are in the middle. And so a lot of the conversations were around like, how do you sell? What should you focus on in the business? Right? Because now if you're a, if you're a sales professional, you still have a job to do, but you have to be very empathetic to the current situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I would say a lot of it, kind of resonated around two themes. One is fundamentally you have to put your HR hat on and you have to show compassion and empathy. 
And so if you can't do that right now, whether you're a sales professional talking to a customer or you're a, a CEO talking with your team, if you can't deploy empathy, it's going to be a very hard battle. And the yeah. reason why I think sales was probably the biggest topic is in most companies, the biggest economic hit is going to come to the sales professional, mm -hmm. right? If they're commission-based in, in any way, they'll, they'll get the biggest hit. And then from there, really it was about, okay, now that you've kind of like taken care of them, what do you do? You might provide some level of like quota relief. You might provide, uh, you might change your forecast and targets differently. Hi, Doc. Hey, hey Doc. what's going on, guys? I'm going to pause here for a quick second. I wouldn't even be doing this really without Doc. There's some oh. <laughs> stuff coming, but I had a question around how do you do live stream and Doc via Edmund like totally took care of me. So Doc, this cool. is not what you put in the video, but this is just getting started. Good, man. I'm happy. I'm happy. It looks great. It looks great. I wanted to say, hey, real quick. I've got to, I'm working with a client, but I will be back. How long are you guys in here? We're going to be here for another like 20, 30 minutes. Okay. All right. If I miss you, I, I want to say, hey, nice to see you guys. We're going to have to talk later, but it's great seeing everyone. All right. Thanks, Doc. All right. No problem. Bye. And, and so how do you help them navigate through that? And that can be providing quota relief where you reduce quotas for a little bit. It could be taking care of some comp, like taking care of their pay for a little bit so that they don't have to feel so stressed out about it. And, it's, and I think the biggest thing is that you're not doing this forever. We just don't know what's happening. So you have to communicate pretty effectively and you have to shift these conversations. Mm -hmm. I would say the thing that might probably make most meaning, meaning to you, given kind of what's going on, is remember, there's these panicked CEOs. Some of them have a right to be panicked. Some of them do not, though. And so I've had conversations with CEOs who are like, we're slashing budgets. And you're like, you actually have a value prop. If you tweaked it, you could actually do really well with what's going mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. They just don't see it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got those folks who are like, they know what's going on. Some have already kind of taken some action in terms of headcount reduction. I think if you're hearing companies take headcount reduction action right away, what's likely happening is that their business was already not in such a great spot. And this sure. was the trigger that said, I got to change some things up. Sure. And, the most and that's good, that's good self-awareness. That's not a bad thing. It's just some people are having to, you know, have take the brunt of that. Yeah. I read an article about uh, Airbnb, you know, that said that they were, freezing all hiring, their executives were taking a 50% pay cut and just some, the gist of the, the story was that they may be more vulnerable to something like this because of the fact that they don't carry any inventory. You know, they're just uh, a platform and, it, and when nothing is going through the platform right now, um, you know, they have no, they've got no revenue coming in. Yeah. So I, I so let's switch gears for a second. There's probably yeah. a lot of things I can dive into that if you have questions around mm -hmm. it. But I think the, the place where it makes most sense for us to kind of navigate to is there's an opportunity in the market right now. And no one should be shy about fulfilling that opportunity. The places where we're seeing people error is when a brand is emailing you or you like if you sent me or if, if you had seen you, you subscribe to the Coffee for Closers newsletter. Yeah. yeah. If I all of a sudden started talking about what I was noticing about COVID, that would be another email that you got from another person about something I don't have any expertise in. Like mm. when these brands are saying, we're monitoring COVID. What are you monitoring? Yeah, what, right. what expertise do you have? You're a shoe company. 
Yeah. You're a retailer. Like what? You're regurgitating information from somebody else. Un unless your CEO is coming out and saying, I, because CEOs are on these calls, right? CEOs are on these calls. They're getting called by the White House. They're getting, they're getting on these calls that are giving them intel. Mm -hmm. If you're not sharing that, I don't need regurgitated information. Yeah. And so yeah. sticking to your script around where you can help and what you can do is super valuable. You talked about your challenge of like, hey, I'm navigating through small business resources. There mm -hmm. is definitely a need for people out there that A, don't know where to look. They don't mm -hmm. have a resource that's bringing that together. Now with what we're learning in kind of this low code, no code space, you can, you can hack that. You mm -hmm. can bring that together and start to like bring that to the community because I bet there's going to be things you're going to learn that I didn't know and a mm -hmm. lot of people didn't know. And all of a sudden you're providing value because there's a need there, right? The needs I see are like business continuity. If you're a big, big brand that has to service or move things around the world or the country, you still need to keep operating. Mm -hmm. So if I have a way to help you keep operating, that's a value prop. That's a need. Some of the examples I gave you were of examples where, you know, companies are, are struggling, but I've also you know, have clients whose sales cycles went from 10 months to days because all of a sudden their proposal went to the top of the pile. Mm -hmm. That tells you that their value proposition was super critical. Sure. So that's, that's kind of, that, that's a lot of what I saw last week. That's a lot of the conversations that I had. And mm -hmm. like you, you know, I, I've also been in this like no code, low code space for since about four months mm -hmm. and I'm learning and I'm seeing a ton of incredible opportunity. I think people are overhyping it in terms of like, oh, it's going to blow up tomorrow. Mm -hmm, give, it, mm -hmm. give it two, three years. Yeah. But James, if you and I are chatting three years from now, right? Demand for the skills that you're picking up now is going to yeah. be phenomenal. Right. It's going to be massive. Right. Yeah. It's uh, and that's that's what I I feel it's the what I'm getting the gist of is that that is what's happening. I you know. I, I think it was in January that I started looking into all this stuff and I've just been talking to as many people as I can, you know, meeting people on, on zoom calls and, you know, learning about as many tools as possible. And it, it's, there's a lot of noise out there, you know, there's a lot of like, as, as far as no code is concerned, you know, everybody's creating a, you know, a, a no code community and, you know, it's becoming more obvious which ones are valuable and which ones um, are not. And in, in my opinion, as far as where to spend time, because as you, as you start learning about how to use some of these tools, you don't have the time anymore to research new ones. You know, when you're getting into it, it's like, yeah, just taking in all the information that you can. But as you start learning, there's, I don't know. I, I find that it took me a couple months to start realizing like where, where it was valuable to spend my time learning and what, what type of things, you know, tutorials or talking to people or yeah, whatever. So but tell me about the differences. I don't know the landscape that well. And I yeah. think I've been saying it to even the guys here. Like I feel super lucky that I found mm -hmm. the group that I found that you, you, you know, <clears throat> yeah. tell me what the difference is. What are you seeing? Well, I think one of the first things that I joined was a Slack group called No Code Founders. And I'm not sure how many people are on there, but I think it's probably the largest group. And it's like, it's just like constant notifications about things that, um, 
that don't matter, I guess, to me, you know, like, I think, I think you need to, you need to find out and it takes, it takes a little while to find out what things matter. And, and I guess what, what it boils down to is what matters most to me is the people that you, that you meet. Right. So like, I've met a number of great, great people, you know, Michael, Drew, Sharath, you know, Sharath. I'm in a, I'm doing this hundred, hundred days of no code. And so every Monday we do a stand up at two 30 or something like that, just to talk about what we've learned over the last week. And, um, but yeah, just the people that are involved in, in how much they're willing to teach you know, teach you what they've learned, encourage you in what you're learning. And I mean, that, that really is setting the tone for what the, what the community is and what it, what it should be. And that, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't feel that capable to help people, but I'm, I'm always willing to help where I can. You be, so a couple of things I'm going to point out on that. Yeah. One, I think the idea of these small communities mm-hmm. is going to actually start to become a thing in the next 12 months. Mm. Because if you think about it, you're right. Like you and I can do a one-on-one. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. You can go into these big communities like the ones you mentioned. Indie Hackers is also like a large community. You get lost in that. Mm-hmm. But when you can kind of organically or inorganically like bring together a group of five to 12 people mm-hmm. that are like-minded, that want to share I think, and want to help one another, I think it's, it's absolutely valuable. I think we're going to see the rise of these small communities mm-hmm. take shape. And it's okay, right? Anything new always has a lot of bad, like messy. It's messy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I think people are trying to manufacture something. They're looking at the output of, say, one group, and they're like, we're just going to go create that. And we're, you know, Edmund and I and some other folks are like talking about that particular topic because people have been reaching out to us about like, what like what are you guys doing can we join how do you make it work mm-hmm. so we've been we've been thinking about how we can help others do that same thing but mm-hmm. i think that you're going to see a rise of those the second thing on your point is i don't think i don't i would disagree with you that you have nothing to offer like mm-hmm. right out the gate your interest in that like small business what's available you yeah. have you have something to offer and yeah. you have to come at it with i have something to offer and then over time it'll adjust and take shape and take mm-hmm. form. But mm-hmm. I, I think what, what, what I've heard, I'm new to this, this group, what I've heard is that those people who kind of were quieter, self-select out, you mm-hmm. gotta come and play. You, yeah. get, it, you get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. And so come in and, and, and go strong. And I'm, 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 I, I think a lot of people will, will, find, will find good communities. But I'm, I'm pumped for you, man. I think if you can start to organize these resources, if that's what you're researching, like it doesn't hurt you if you're going to spend time researching to put that together as a resource. Sure. Yeah. You can put it in a glide app or. Yeah. Yeah. To- totally. I mean, glide would be great. That's, because the, the, that's one of the easiest ones. Yeah. And I mean the, the latest, you know, everyone's been using glide for, you know, delivery stuff for local restaurants and, you know, coronavirus um, stuff, but yeah, it's really a, a po- easy, powerful tool to put, directory information like that together yeah and that's something that i've found too is that there's you know i think most of the tools are that are out there are pretty powerful but 
you know, once you start to dig into the individual ones, you see, you know, really how powerful they are and how, if you spend a little bit more time on them, how much more you can do. It was, it was fascinating. I don't know if you had this experience, but when I first started, it was like drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then you just kind of like find one that yep. you can kind of go deep in and learn. Yeah. And even through that process, like learning about like database structure mm-hmm. and design, yeah. and taking care of some of that, some of these apps have taken care of some of that for you. And then for me, I naturally gravitated towards a lot of automation workflows. So I've been mm-hmm. doing stuff in like Zapier and yeah. playing with uh, There's a chatbot tool called Landbots recently. So I built, I, I've been basically building things for myself. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's kind of what I've been up to. I'm yeah, not- I think. I was just going to say, I think that when I came into it, I, 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 where I realized the value was I'm an idea guy. So I've got, you know, a million different ideas. I got a backlog of, you know, long backlog of ideas and I come up with new ones every day. And the value that I saw was, you know, wow, I can probably start creating some of these things and making MVPs without spending much of time or money. I think, you know, because that's what kind of held me back in the past was I'd have these ideas and I think, okay, this is what I need to do in order to, to build that. I'm not technical at all. So I'm going to have to find somebody technical that wants to do this with me, or I'm going to have to pay somebody to do it. It's going to take all this time, you know, and, and that could, kind of gets you down. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. to think about the, the possibility, and I find that I think about ideas in a different way now, knowing that, that they are actually possible to create an MVP fairly yeah. simply. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that point and that's through the encouragement of a lot of people that I've, I've talked with. Sharath has been great, especially just saying like, you just have to start doing right. Like mm-hmm. you have to get out of that mentality of like, you have these ideas and like, you just need to, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what, you know, just, just get it out there. And you know, if it, and, yeah. And I completely agree too. And I think, What's what's great about no code is that because of the fact you don't spend a bunch of time building these things, you're not as emotionally attached to it, right? You're not, um, you don't have to be like your whole life all in on it. It's like, no, I just, I've got this idea that I think might help people and I'm going to create it and throw it out there. And if nobody likes it, then I'll move on to the next one, right? If, if nobody likes it or you don't like it, but I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree with you, man. Cool. I love yeah. it. I love it. What else? What else can I share or what else should we talk about? Well, let's see if Shane has any questions. Vic, um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I, I've been following along. I always follow the stuff that you work on because, you know, you've always got interesting insights. Um, you know, I'd be curious to know some of the, some of the, the, the data that you've been um, sort of accumulating since you've been doing the the duck soup and the LinkedIn, oh yeah, you mentioned that in 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 your newsletter. So I was yeah. curious a little bit about that. Cool. Let me give some context so James understands. James, I, I did a, I had an issue that talked about an an app called Duck Soup, and what Duck Soup is, it's spelled D U X S O U P. It is a LinkedIn automation tool, and I had a I had a client. I have a client. I had a client last year who was really trying to figure out how to generate more leads for their business. They knew who their ideal customer profile was. They knew uh, they had their customer value prop sorted. And what they were able to do is they were able to have, in this case, they use an agency, but the agency basically took that information 
and sent out mass communication on LinkedIn to drive leads effectively so that they could have meetings. When I was thinking about some of the challenges they were having, I decided to kind of play the role of agency. And I was like, let me go and look at this. I did the research on Duck Soup. A friend of mine had shown me what it was. I had to do a lot of research on it. It's not, and, and Shane, you probably looked at it. It's not very intuitive. Like you've got to do some work there just to understand the technology. Yeah, you got to sit with it. Yeah, you've got to spend some time on it. I made some errors, but what I ended up doing was I ended up purchasing a premium version of LinkedIn. I ended up purchasing the turbo version of DuckSoup. And what I did was I started to look at the market and try to figure out how I wanted to connect with people. So what a lot of people do, I think, is they come in for like the sale or the pitch right away. And I didn't really do that. And so I had to be very thoughtful and mindful pre-corona about like, how am I going to engage with people? What would, what would a meaningful connection relationship look like on LinkedIn? And so as I started, and I did a number of experiments around this, and as I started to do that, what I learned was, I think I sent out, I'd have to go back and look, but I think I sent out over 1,200 requests and I got a 40% engagement rate on connections. So 40% of the people that I sent a connection request to accepted. Okay. Um, then- Over what time frame, Vic? A month, let's just call it three and a half weeks a month. So my, my hypothesis was that people would connect and I'd have some meetings. And my flow was, let me use duck soup. Then I also used video. And everybody who connected with me, I sent them a video message in LinkedIn. So LinkedIn has video messaging, voicemail, image, text, documents. You can all do that through the, the messenger. Uh, James, you're, I'm assuming you're familiar with LinkedIn. And Yeah, yep. Great, great. And so what was happening was as I was doing that, I would get like some interesting responses. The, the most fascinating response was people were like, that's creative, that's innovative. So clearly I was doing something that not a lot of people are doing, even though they have these tools and I'm not the first one to use DuckSoup. The second thing was I was getting a lot more meetings than I thought, but the most interesting thing was, so some context here, 100% of my business is by referral. So I, I don't go out to go get business. I did that in the beginning to get it started, but now I haven't had to do that for two years. But the most interesting part was four proposals went out in the last week, probably worth over half a million dollars, right? And I think about 200 of it closed like two weeks ago. So when you think about what- Wait, sorry, from that outreach? From that outreach. Oh, good for you. So, so here's job. the part with attribution that I always struggle with. Yeah. I don't know if it was just that or if it was that plus some other things I was also doing on LinkedIn. So let's just call it that plus some videos that I was posting. Gotcha. So I think I think now, so I paused it two weeks ago, not, not for any other reason than I've got a lot of projects going on. I was like, I can't get this my attention. I know what's working there. I'm going to come back and get back into it probably next month. But People were like, oh, are you not doing it because of Corona? I'm like, no, I, I think it's even more valuable to do it because people are looking for connection. But the most interesting thing I would say out of all that is that the communication was happening at odd hours. I scheduled a breakfast meeting at like 11 p.m. <laughs> that was weird. I was like, people are on it at this hour. 
all kinds of times. And this is not like they were in different countries. They were on the East Coast. Hmm. So that's some of the data, Shane, that, that I kind of get gleamed from it. And, and thanks for that, Vic. I think that's really telling, you know, just sort of a, a point of clarification. You, me you mentioned that the that you were using the the messenger the LinkedIn in in mail app, I guess the messenger. Yep. Were you sending the link of the videos through that or you were sending the, the videos like a thumbnail? Actual video, you can you can either record or post. You can either record or upload a video in the messenger app. And so it was directly in the messenger app. So when you click the plus button so like I haven't done one here, but here's an example. Yeah. You click on the plus button down here. Oh, and, and then you can just record it. It'll open up and give you these options. Hmm. Look at all that. Oh, very cool. You can send an attachment. You can send a photo. You can send a picture, video, a GIF. You can get creative. You can send location data. You can send availability. You can, you can schedule right through here. Like this is not being, this is underutilized. So yeah. what, what, what I recommend it for everyone. Like James, let's say you came up with a resource. Mm -hmm. Just give the resource away for free. Yeah. Like just yeah. go and hit up everyone and be like, I created this. If you mm -hmm. know someone who needs it, here you go. Yeah. Hmm. What was the content of the videos that you sent to them? The content was, I told them a little bit about myself and I let them know that I'd be interested in like doing a Zoom call or a meeting. But the main purpose was really to connect with them uh, because I'm assuming people post on LinkedIn and I want to see what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I gave context, it, right? Like, for example, if I, if I reached out to someone that was in on the East Coast, I let them know, hey, I moved to the East Coast. Again, pre-corona, I'm looking forward to traveling to your city, like Toronto I travel to, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to Toronto more frequently. Well, three weeks ago, I was planning on going to Toronto more frequently. <laughs> now, you know, we're in a new world. I've got to yeah. figure out what the new messaging is going to be. But I mean, you just, you've got to be really thoughtful about what they want. And I think when you're connecting with someone, the value you give them matters more than what I'm going to get out of it. Mm. So that, yeah, that was a question I had. So you, you made a specific video for each person that you sent a request to? I made a generic video based on the experiment I was running. Okay. It was like, for example, if I had sent a communication to small business owners, mm -hmm. I didn't do this, but if I had, you would have gotten a video saying, hey, I've been helping small business owners like yours. So when you watched it, it would feel specific, but it was broad enough where I could target, like, yeah, where you did it to Toronto. I could send a bunch of communication to Toronto. I'd be like, hey, I know you're in Toronto. I just moved to Atlanta. I plan on kind of coming to Toronto more frequently. Next time I'm there, let's grab a drink or a meal. That would apply to enough of a subset of people. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's, it's gotta be specific, but broad enough for the category. Right, and if I, if I If I sent one to a city where I had a lot of clients, I've helped a ton of CEOs and companies in your town. Yep. I tried to do things where my messaging could be specific yet broad. Mm -hmm. So it, it didn't always go out to a lot of people, right? Like I, I wasn't trying to blast like 20,000 people. Sometimes my search only yielded like 300. Mm. So that's what you get. Mm -hmm.
What are, what are the things that I test alongside that just for context? Um, I did video on my personal feed. I created a page on LinkedIn and did videos through there. I've still got that. And then the page gave me access to advertising and I paid for ads and all of that was to work in concert. So one could argue, James, after, and Shane, one could argue, yeah. after doing the work I did, if I keep going, I could build now a LinkedIn agency that specifically helps small businesses, medium businesses, large businesses get leads on LinkedIn through my mechanism. Hmm. That would be a value prop that would be worthwhile to deliver in the market. Yeah, you think? created the pathway. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm playing around with stuff. J if, if James, let's fast forward three years. If I play around with this low code, no code stuff enough and I get a good handle of it and I build a great community, I could go to companies and say, I can build what you want to build faster. Mm. And cheaper. Not cheaper, just faster. Not cheaper. <laughs> well, I should say less expensive than uh, traditional. Maybe, um, maybe not. Maybe no? the reason why I didn't go there right away is because if, let's say we come to you, you're, you run a team at some company. Mm -hmm. Shane comes to you and he's like, a million dollars, it's going to take me four months. I say a million dollars is going to take me four weeks. Okay. Yeah. So makes, yeah. Not, not on price just yet. Okay. That's why enough. I don't say that yet, but maybe, maybe. Yeah. Because if the, it, I think you'd have to go cheaper on price if we were late to market, if there were enough people doing it, then you'd want to be cheaper. If okay. there aren't enough people doing it and we're early, then we can, we can maximize some, some sure. value, economic value there. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I think that's I think actually a really important a, point, Vic, because you know, in the race is always to the bottom, right? And you don't want to be the front runner in that race to lower your prices when the value is actually not only justifiable, but, but you can prove it. I mean, you have the, the evidence and the data to, to support that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally on board with you. Nick, I did have one sort of question. I'm just curious. You mentioned advertising through LinkedIn and I've helped some of my clients in the past do that, like some of the higher brands. But I'm curious, has LinkedIn evolved to the point where their advertising has a retargeting component or pixel associated with it? Or is that not part of the LinkedIn approach? I have to go and check that specific question, but I do know LinkedIn, LinkedIn has an audience pixel. Okay. And you can embed that audience pixel on a page so that when somebody comes to the, your page, it will give you data and insight on who's coming to the page. And then you can advertise against that. So gotcha. yes, but I don't know the full mechanics of it. I, I don't want to speak to it because I've recommended that, but I have not played with that specifically on my own. Gotcha. But, but there that. is a pixel somewhere involved and then you can there is, engineer it from there. There is an audience pixel for sure. I know that. Okay, cool. And I know that Thank you get that. data on who comes to you I think that's free, but I think the paid part is when you want to advertise against that audience. Yeah, I think, I think it really is still an untapped tool by a lot of people. And for those who are using it, a, a considerable number of them are just using it in an ineffective way. You know, to your earlier point, I think, and you know this because, I mean, I do a lot of this stuff, but focusing on the communication pathway to get someone to lean in and to engage you and then keep that conversation going a lot of people just tend to gloss over it rather than go deep with it. Yeah. Good questions. Cool guys. This was uh, 
This was fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna think on this. If you guys like the format, let me know. This was this was really a great way. I did not have an end time in mind. I was just like, we'll just jump on at 11:30 and keep going. Yeah, uh, that's perfect. If you guys have any more questions? Feel free to shoot them right now. Otherwise, I'm gonna reflect on this and figure out when we do this again. Sounds great. Awesome. Appreciate appreciate Always the good time. To connect, Vic. Any feedback for me, James? No, I think it was uh, it was great. Like I said, I've been doing a lot of these things, and I think. Like, like we touched on earlier, you know, it, it's up to maybe 10 people is like an ideal, I think. 10 might even be stretching it for, if you're going to be doing like, kind of like a back and forth with people asking questions, you know, if it's more going to be something where you're just talking and then it doesn't really matter. I don't yeah. think, but. No, no, I think that's a good point. That's, I, I like this format. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be preaching because I think it's unclear what people have in their minds. Like I did not know Shane, what Shane had in his head. I didn't know what you had in your head for me to come with a preconceived idea. I had some idea, so I wasn't going to leave it entirely cold. Yeah. But I like, yeah, keeping it, keeping it small, maybe even doing it like one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. might be a way to like schedule time. So instead of saying like, Hey, everybody jump on, it's like, I'm going to be on from this time to this time, grab a slot. Mm. and everybody gets like 15 to 20 minutes yeah that makes and sense you can just dive through that way it's a lot more highly contextual i think sure. i think that could be super interesting shane feedback yeah i mean you know it's it's i didn't have any expectations when you said live stream it kind of left it open as to what the format might be so i didn't know if okay you know i was just going to listen in if there was going to be an interaction you know, I wanted to call and obviously, you know, support and, and, and sort of get a sense of what was going on and what you're working on. But in terms of specific feedback, I think, you know, I, I think because you know your content and you know your audience really well and the likely challenges that they may be facing, like, you know, as you send out the invitation, you may want to say, okay, you know, like this week, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I've been running X experiments. People have been asking me about those experiments. You know, I want to start by sharing with you some of what I've gleaned from those things and the types of questions that it spawned and then open it up to a robust conversation. And that way, you know, rather than it going all over the place, those people who show up, you've somewhat segmented them, you know, before they come on board. And then that way it sets up, you know, a nice follow on conversation. Do you think, kind of piggybacking off your comment, do you think how-tos would be interesting? Like, I'm going to walk you through how I do X. Yeah. I, I actually would kind of, ref I would, my gut tells me I would refrain from that. And here's why, because I think there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace. And in the event that, you, you know, to the extent you can't establish the what and get alignment on the what, then you going deeper into the how-to, which is really the mechanics and the tactics of execution, I think that is a premium discussion where people will need more help. So as an advisor, as a consultant, it makes more sense to, you know, get alignment on the what and then, you know, sort of sell and position the how and go deep on the how because that is, that is actually the nature of your business model as an independent consultant. It's to bring very distilled ideas and challenges and then set a path and then execute that path. So if you dive into the how, I think it robs you of the opportunity to actually go deep with people and 
oh, there are a lot of people here, you know, out there who believe that they can just figure it out. Like I have enough processing power. I can figure it out. I think it's, I think it's a missed opportunity if you do it that way. I like it. Awesome feedback. Thank you guys. Um, yeah, you bet. What's that? No, I said you bet. It's great. I'll let you know. I mean, I'm going to keep using the newsletter format to kind of provide updates and we'll keep going. Just to give you guys a little bit of a kind of preview, the newsletter will likely change. So the feedback on the newsletter that I've primarily gotten is that the mindset stuff and the tactics people really love. The tools, there's a lot of questions around like how many, kind of you pointed out too, James, like how many tools can I actually use and look at? And so I've got to figure out how that's going to like get consolidated and I want it to be tighter and more kind of value add. People really like the questions. They really like the questions. They're like, oh, that really got me thinking. Um, especially two weeks ago when things were not so great. People were like, oh, that question really helped me today. So working on some of that, but um, good to see you guys. Thank you yeah, much. You Thank you so much for your help. I hope this was valuable and uh, we'll chat soon. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks. Take care Vic. of yourselves guys. See you Bye. Vic. You All right. Bye. Bye James. Cheers. Bye Shane.